How's everyone doing today? You guys look good today. You really do. I'm, I'm looking at you right here. You look good today. It's a good day, isn't it? It's a good day if you're a fan of certain teams um, that had good games last night. Um, it, it's a good day just if you're alive, if you're here. I mean, what a blessing um, to be able to be together. I, I mean, it's a good day anytime we can all come together and worship God together. And uh, I, I just... Man, I'm just praying that God will be with us today. Um, as we continue to talk about heroes, um, today's hero is a little bit of a different story, um, and, but I think it's going to be awesome. I think it's really good because I, I think our story today, I think our hero today is one that, that we can learn a lot from and maybe one that, that we will um, have a little bit more in common with when it comes to the way that God uses us. And so, so I'm excited to be with you today. Um, our kids are with us. It's Family Sunday. Kids, raise your hands. Welcome. Thank you guys for being in here. And, and so we're, we're excited to have the kids with us, and, and we're going to continue on in this series of heroes. We've been um, working through Hebrews chapter 11, which is the heroes of the faith. And Hebrews 11 gives us this story that starts with creation and goes all the way through to the time of its writing and the way that God used all of these different heroes and the way that through faith people were used by God. And so our hope is in this series that we will offer ourselves, that we will be faithful and obedient and that God will use us to accomplish God's purposes. That's, that's our prayer, isn't it? That's why we're here, right? is to be transformed and used by God. And so today, we're going to continue on. I'm just going to give you a super fast recap. Um, God saved humankind through Noah. That was the first thing we talked about. Um, Noah built the ark, and God saved mankind through Noah. And then God called Abraham, our second hero, uh, to become a great nation. And Abraham and Sarah um, together then were the, the start of the great nation of Israel, God's people. Um, and then we looked at Jacob, and Jacob wrestled um, with his selfishness and with, with the things that held him back, but Jacob became the father of the 12 tribes of Israel. He had 12 sons that turned into the 12 tribes of Israel. And then we talked about Joseph, and Joseph had a really tough life, a lot of ups and downs in his life, but what we talked about was that Joseph, through faith, was able to be consistent and serve God in the, in the tough times and in the good times, and through Joseph, God's people were brought into Egypt and into some really good times. They were prospering. But then we saw that things went poorly. Last week, we were looking at the story of Moses, and after Joseph, things went poorly for the Israelites, and all of a sudden in Egypt, their situation changed, and they were in bondage, and they were struggling. And what we saw last week was Moses, who then led them out of Egypt by, by faith, by God's moving in his life. And so, so, so that brings us to our hero today we're going to talk about, and that is Rahab. And so today I want to talk about that more, but first I just want to say something important. I think it would be easy for us as we come in here and as we look at these heroes and as we talk about having this heroic faith, I think it would be easy for us to get this picture in our head that, that I just want to be a hero, I just want to be great. I just want, I just want God to do something great through me. And, and listen, I believe that God uses our faith to do big things. And I believe that if we are faithful, 
that, that God will sometimes use us in heroic ways, but I want you to understand that our goal should not be to be heroes and to be great. Our goal should, to be, should be to be faithful and obedient to whatever God has for us. These people in Scripture, these, these heroes, they didn't set out to be heroes. They were just living, faithfully following God, and through God's miraculous work in them, through God's, and through today, today's um, characters, very different. It wasn't this great miraculous thing, but it was just somebody that followed God and did what they could, and through that, God worked and heroic things happen. And so I, I want us to understand today that our goal should be to live a life of faithfulness that is fully available for God's purposes. That's good news today. Not all of us can be great heroes. We can. God can do it through us. But maybe that's not what's going to happen. But our goal, each and every one of us this morning, should be to be faithful to God to live a life of faithfulness that's fully available for whatever God wants to do through us. If you're in on that, just raise your hand. I'm in. I'll be faithful. God, use me however you want. Our goal shouldn't be to be heroes. Our goal should be to be faithful. God works through humility and obedience, not arrogance and pride. And so what we want to do is we want to be humble and we want to be obedient and we want to be faithful. And I believe if we will do that, God will do amazing things through us. So, so knowing that, um, I think that leads us perfectly into today's story. And so I want to give you a little bit, fill in that time, because the Moses leading the Israelites out of Egypt, there's a little bit of time between then and where we're at now. And so I want you to hear some of this. I'm not going to give you a ton of detail. You can go read it um, in, in the story of Ex, in the book of Exodus in the Bible. You can, you can read it all through the beginning of the Bible. But God's people come out of Egypt. They come out of bondage. Uh, Moses leads them out into the desert. And, and if you've been around church, you've probably heard this story a lot of times. If not, um, the people of Israel under Moses' leadership are wandering through the desert for 40 years. And they're on their way to the promised land. If you'll remember back to one of our, for our first couple weeks, God tells Abraham and, and God tells Jacob that he is going to take them into a land that will be for them the promised land. And so the Israelites, when they leave Egypt and leave bondage, they're on their way to the promised land. And we see this 40-year period where they're journeying and good things happen. God provides for them. God rains down manna from heaven so they can be provided for. But then also we see some tough times where they struggle, where they mess up, where they worship other gods, where they blow it. But God is leading them to the promised land. Moses was the hero we talked about last week, but Moses, even though I think he probably believed he would be, would not be the hero that led them into the promised land. He led them all that time through the desert, but when they got close to the promised land, because of a, a lapse of faith, Moses wouldn't be the one to lead them in. Moses was still a hero. Moses was still a great man of God. 
But God had somebody else. And so then we see Joshua raised up. He was the successor to Moses, and Joshua is raised up. And God says, Joshua, you're going to take the people into the promised land, and you're going to inherit the land that I have for the people. And so we find Joshua and the Israelites, just before the story of Rahab, we find them outside of the promised land. And Joshua says, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to send two spies into the city of Jericho, which is in the promised land, and we're going to check it out and see what we're up against. And that's where we pick up Rahab's story, is Joshua has sent two spies into the city of Jericho, this well-fortified, great city that God is going to lead them into. And so I know that we have kids in here, um, and, and I know that our kids could probably tell us this story, but, but we're going to see it um, through the perspective of, of kind of a kid's video just to give us a real simple telling of this story. So let's watch the video together. The Faithful Hall of Fame, Rahab. This is Rahab. Hi. Rahab lived in the town of Jericho in the Promised Land. Rahab was not an Israelite and she made bad choices. Huh. But God had a plan for Rahab, even though she was a sinner. Ah, all right. Now God told his people, the Israelites, hey, that's her. to go into the Promised Land. So Joshua sent two spies to search the land around the city of Jericho. The two spies came to Rahab's house to stay the night. Jericho heard that there were spies in his city, so he sent orders for Rahab to bring them out. But Rahab hid the spies and told the king's men that it was true that the men were at her house, but she did not know where they were now. She told the king's men to go quickly to find the spies because they could not have gone far. Go now. Oh, right. So the king's men rushed out to the city in pursuit of the Israelite spies. All the while, the Israelites hid on Rahab's roof. So Rahab went to them and said, I know the Lord has given you this land. We have heard of the great acts that God has done for you. Your God is the God of all the heavens and the earth. So please swear to me that you will be kind to my family. The spies agreed to this, and Rahab helped them escape from the city. Before they left, they told Rahab to tie a scarlet rope to the window. Yeah! Whoa. Oops! Uh -huh. This rope would serve as a mark for Rahab's house and would remind the Israelites of their promise to her. Thank you! Oh, thank you! And so the spies were on their way. For three days, they hid from the king's men who were looking for them. 
Finally, they returned to Joshua and told them all they had seen. Rahab was remembered for her faithfulness, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies and put her trust in the one true God. Okay, that was a lot better than me telling it, right? I couldn't have done that well. Did any of you nudge the person next to you and say, you kind of sound like one of the people in there? That's what I was thinking while I was watching that. I'm going to be honest. Like, I know some of you, some of you kind of sound like that. But, um, so, so we got Hebrews chapter 11. We've got the great hall of heroes. We've got um, Noah. We've got, um, I mean, on down the line, Abraham. We've got Jacob. We've got Joseph. We've got Moses. We've got these great heroes. And then we come on this story of Rahab. And you just saw the story. Rahab's great act of obedience and faith. Let's read it. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. It says, By faith the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. There it is. By faith the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. So we have all of these huge stories of the way that God worked through, through long periods of time and miraculous things happened. And, and this Hebrews chapter 11 is telling us, I mean, this is going through the history of the people of Israel and listing off all of its heroes. And we come to chapter 11, verse 31, and it tells us about Rahab's heroic faith. And I, just, I think it's really interesting that Rahab makes it into the hall of faith, the, the, the heroes of the faith. Isn't, is that weird to anyone else? We've got people seeing visions. We've got people leading a group of people. We've got Noah building an ark. We've got all of this incredible stuff. And then we've got Rahab who, who welcomes some spies into her house. Her great act of faith, her great heroic act of faith was welcoming two spies into her house, and then sending them on their way and protecting them. Like that, I'll be honest with you, in my mind, when you look at the scope of Hebrews chapter 11, it doesn't seem like she's a main character to this story. And so I ask the question, why is Rahab, why is this story in the, the hall of heroes. Why is it in Hebrews 11? Why do they take the time to mention this act of faith? And I want you to know today that I think it's really good news for us that it mentions this act. of. I, I think it's intentional. I think there's a reason we see Rahab's story. I find it fascinating that she's in here. In fact, if you think about it, you know who's not mentioned in, in Hebrews 11 in the, the heroes of the faith? You know who's not mentioned? Joshua the guy that led the Israelites into the promised land. Do you know what book of the Bible we find Rahab's story in? The book of Joshua. <laughs> and obviously it's not as big of a deal to you guys as it is me. I'm just thinking, what in the world? There's got to be something special about this little story, this little story that made it so important that they put it in the hall of faith, in the great heroes of the faith. I was thinking about this in terms of, uh, of superheroes, and, and I, I know our kids are in here, um, and, and I know my kids love hero movies. They love Batman movies. They love Superman. Um, Charlie really loves the Transformer movies. And so we've got the Transformers. How many of you watched Transformers when you were growing up or the movies that came out? Okay, none of you. That's going to go well. Um, 
So, so we got the Transformers, and they're these big, like, amazing machines that can fly and can shoot things and can do these incredible things. But, but in the story of the Transformers, we have... I don't know the names. We have characters. We've got um, Shia LaBeouf was one of them, and he was in one of the Transformers movies. And then we had Mark Wahlberg. Marky Mark was in one of them. And we have these, these individuals that are not super powerful. They're not superheroes. But they play a big part in the story of what happens in those movies. In fact, I, you guys will relate better with this. We've got Batman, right? Batman's a superhero, right? But then there's this other character in the Batman story that's just a regular guy that every day is working to make, thing, make Gotham City a better place. Who is that? Who is that out loud? Well, Batman's the superhero. Commissioner Gordon, yes, we've got the, the police commissioner, Commissioner Gordon, who, who's just a normal guy like us, right? But every day he's working, he's doing what he can to help support and to help get rid uh, of crime and to support the city and make it right. I think that's the story of Rahab. I'm not trying to belittle what she did, but I think when we talk about like the heroes and these great movements of God, like Rahab is, is in this place where she is just a normal person. She doesn't see great visions. God doesn't come to her and say, I'm going to do something miraculous through you. Rahab is just an everyday person who steps up and does something to advance the kingdom of God. And so I think this is really good news for us because I think a lot of us are probably going to find ourselves in that spot where maybe God doesn't call us to build an ark. Maybe God doesn't call us to lead people through the desert for 40 years. Maybe God doesn't call us to, to become um, the second in command in Egypt. But maybe God just calls us to be faithful and to be a part of what God's doing. So, so what do we learn from Rahab? What do we learn from this story of heroic faith? I think there's a couple things that we learn. I want to talk about what we learn, and then I want to talk about the outcome, and then, the, you know, then, then we're going to take communion together. But first, what do we learn? First, God can use anything. It's not just the great moments of building an ark. It's not just the great Christian leaders. It's not just people that build mega churches or, or Billy Graham who preaches this, these big crusades and has hundreds of thousands of people come to know Christ through him. It's not just those people that God uses. In Rahab's story, we see that God can use anything. Rahab's great act of faith her great act of obedient faith was welcoming two spies into her house, taking care of them, hiding them, and then sending them on their way. That's it. Now, that was a big deal. She risked her life, but we're not talking about building an ark. We're not talking about a 50-year journey or a 100-year journey or a 200-year journey of, of following God's leading. We're talking about somebody who saw God working and wanted to be a part of it, and so they stepped in and did something. What she did, she simply did what she thought was right. She saw that God was working, she saw that God was moving, and she said, what can I do to make this happen? What can I do to be a part 
of what God's doing. There's no great visions. There's no dreams from God. This is just a woman who recognized God at work and did what she could. Simple as that. Her act of faith was doing what she could. We consistently see throughout God's Word that there are some people that play huge roles. I mean, these, we, we think of Paul, we think of these biblical characters that play huge roles in what God is doing. Maybe that's the Billy Graham in our day. Maybe, maybe that's Andy Stanley. Maybe that's some of these great church leaders that play huge roles in what God's doing. But what we also see in the Bible is that there are people that are just faithful and obedient in little things, and God works through them. God uses faithful acts of obedience, great and small, to accomplish His will. I want you to understand that Rahab is no less a hero than Joshua, than Moses, than Abraham. She was faithful to God. She did what she could. God uses great acts, and God uses small acts of obedience to accomplish His will. This is great news for us. Like I said, this is great news for us because I believe for some of us, the way that we are going to be a part of God's story is to see God moving and to do what we can to offer ourselves, to be completely faithful and obedient and submitted to God, and that God will use what we can do to advance His kingdom. It's not always the great. I tend to be, I mean, you guys know this, I tend to be emotional and I tend to love these great big servants. Sometimes God works in the everyday faithfulness of His obedient, faithful people. And so, We can do this. There may be some of you that over these past five weeks have been looking at these stories and thinking, God hasn't called me to some great thing. God hasn't called me to be a great leader. God hasn't called me to build an ark. God hasn't called me to anything huge. But you have something to offer. You have something that when you see God work, when you see God move, you can be a part of God's kingdom being built, God's plan to redeem this world just by being faithful and offering what you have to God. This is for us. I think Rahab's character is very relatable for us because sometimes it's hard to see God calling me to something great, but it's not hard at all for me to think that tomorrow I can do something to build God's kingdom. Rahab's great act of faith and obedience was just doing what she could. God works through the great, but God works through the small. And so, going back to what we said at the beginning, our goal is not to be great heroes. Our goal is just to be faithful and obedient and available for what God wants from us. So, God can use anything, great or small. Number two, this is also good news for us. God can use anyone who has faith to do God's work. God can use anything. God can use anyone. Who was Rahab? Who is Rahab in the story? So we see the Israelites. We see, uh, you know, we've got Noah, we've got Abraham, and on down the line, God's people are moving, and Joshua's got the Israelites at the edge of the promised land, and they're about to go in, and all of a sudden, we see Rahab's story. Rahab wasn't a great faith leader. Rahab wasn't Rahab wasn't even a religious person from what we read. From what we read, Rahab 
had a pretty checkered life, a pretty messed up life. She did things that, that weren't great. But what we see is that, that, that God still used her. In fact, Rahab was a part of the enemy. She lived in Jericho. She was a Canaanite. She lived in the promised land, the people that God was going to take the Israelites in and take over. She was a part of those people. And we see that God uses her. Why did God use her? Because she had faith. She was far from perfect. How many of you are far from perfect? Some of you are farther from perfect than others. Wake up. Some of you are farther from perfect than others. She was far from perfect. In fact, there was nothing to indicate that there was any reason for God to work through her. But she had faith. What's that mean that she had faith? Let's, let's read this in Joshua chapter 2. I want you to hear what she says here. This is what it means that she had faith. Listen to this. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, listen to what she says here, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear, and everyone's courage failed because of you. Listen to this last part. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Listen to that again. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. Our lives are your lives, the men assured her. If you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. So what was her great faith? What, is it, what does it mean that Rahab had faith? It's that she recognized that the people of Israel's God, that, that God was the one true God. She recognized that God was where it was at. That her life wasn't where it needed to be and that what she needed to do would be to be faithful to the one true God. And so she lived it out. She was not a person of great religion. But, but she had seen what God had done and she recognized that God was God and that God was at work. And that led her to action. Because she had faith that God was God and that God was working, it led her to action. Rahab's story is really unique. Um, it's really unique um, because we don't see God calling her to this. We don't see someone coming to her and saying, you need to do this. We just see a woman who sees God at work and wants to be a part of it. She acknowledges, your God is God. Let me be a part of what God is doing. She just acts out of an understanding that God is greater than anything else she has. Now, some of you might be tempted to say, well, that's easy. Listen to what she said. God split the Red Sea. God helped the Israelites destroy these other armies. Clearly, God had proven that God was God, so it's easy for her to see that, right? 
But when we look at it, Rahab lives in Jericho. Jericho is a really well-fortified city. She had no reason to think that she was not safe. We're not talking about a woman who was at the end of her rope, that she had nowhere to go and nowhere to turn to, so she turned to God. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a woman who's living in Jericho, the great city of Jericho, living in the fortified wall. And she recognized that God was God and that God was the only way to go. This is huge. It was her faith that saved her. It was that acknowledgement that God is God. Her faith, knowing who God is and knowing that God was the only way to be saved, led her to act. She saw God at work and did what she could. The key to a faith that leads to action is seeing who God is and how God is at work. If you can see who God is, the power of God, and if you can see God at work, you'll have a faith that leads to action. And that's what Rahab did. Seeing God at work opened her eyes. She had security behind the wall, but seeing God at work, seeing who God was, opened her eyes to the real insecurity in her life. This is real to us, guys. We feel like we're pretty secure, don't we? We live in America. We've got We've got cars, we've got computers, we've got phones that cost thousands of dollars. Like, we're pretty secure, aren't we? No. We can have a false sense of security by being behind great walls and living in a country that prospers. We can have false sense of security by having big houses and by being successful in our business. And it's easy for us to miss that God is the only way for us to be saved. Not through our greatness, not through our money, not through this country. The only way we can be saved is through God, the one true God. And so it wasn't easy for Rahab to see this, but she knew who God was and she saw God working. And when she saw God working, it opened her eyes to just the meaninglessness of the wall, the meaninglessness of this great city of Jericho in the grand scheme of things because it was up against God, and her acknowledgement of who God was, led her to act and led her to understand what really mattered. It led her to risk everything she had. She risked her life by hiding those two spies. She could have been killed. She risked everything. Why? Because the only way she could ever be saved is through the one true God, And everything she had was nothing compared to God. If we can acknowledge that, if we can acknowledge that God is God and God is our only source of salvation, we'll have a faith that's obedient, that's available to God for use. And so we see uh, Rahab's heroic act. We see what she did. She risked her life. But knowing who God is, it wasn't much of a risk, was it? Because God was greater 
than any security she really had. So the story goes on. She takes in the spies and she hides them. She tells them to go hide while the people of Jericho come looking for them, sends them on their way after they stop looking, and they go back um, to Joshua. And so these spies go back, and Rahab has played her part, and these spies go back, and then we see that she hangs the scarlet cord. And, and if you know the story, um, the, the Israelites go and they march around the city of Jericho and they blow trumpets and they do exactly what God told them. And all of a sudden, that great wall of security, what happens to it? It crumbles. And all of a sudden, the security that, that we sometimes get tricked into thinking is our security, it's nothing compared to God. And the wall comes down and Rahab is saved. And so I just want to look real quick. What is the result of this small story of heroic obedience? What is the result of it? Because this is fascinating to me. Her hiding of the spies, Joshua sending the spies into Jericho gave them zero strategic advantage. Think about it. When they went back to Joshua, they didn't say, this is how we get in. This is how we're going to beat them. They went back and said, God's at work. God is moving. There was no strategic advantage gained by sending those spies in. And so we see, once again, this small story of obedience, once again, seems like it wasn't much. But two things came of this. Number one, it says Rahab's faithfulness and testimony actually strengthened the faith of God's people, the Israelites. Listen to this, Joshua chapter 2, verse 24. They said to Joshua, The Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. All of the people are melting in fear because of us. We're talking about God's people here. We're talking about Joshua who's seen miraculous things. We're talking about the Israelites who crossed the Red Sea. And what was the result of Rahab's obedience, of her acknowledgement of who God was? The result was that the people of God who had seen God at work, who had been beneficiaries of God's work, were strengthened in their faith. This is incredible stuff. Somebody who was, who was messed up, somebody who was a part of the enemy, someone who had nothing, acknowledged God, did what she could, and through that, God's people were given a confidence to know that God had this. And we see the story. They took the land. And so there was no strategic advantage gained by, by her faithfulness. You know what was gained? The people of God knew that God was working. Isn't it incredible that Rahab sees God at work? And through her seeing it, the people of God who have seen it over and over again are once again reminded that God is at work. Sometimes the best thing that we can experience is seeing somebody come to faith, seeing someone offer themselves to God because it reminds us that the God that we serve is not a neutral but is leading us. And God led the people into the land. Number one, her faith led to the Israelites having more faith. Number two, her faith saved her. Joshua 6 but Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho, and she lives among the Israelites to this day. Remember we talked about the false sense of security and the security that God offered us? What happened was Rahab was saved through her faithfulness. She realized that her security and her salvation was only available 
through her faith in God. And so Rahab was saved. Any security you feel today, I want you to understand this, any security you feel, anything that you feel in your life will save you outside of God is not going to do it. The only way you can have eternal salvation, the only way you can have the gift of life is through faith in God. And so faith puts us in God's story, it aligns us with what God is doing, and faith saves us. Why is the story of Rahab in Hebrews chapter 11? Because it's not just the people that God comes to in dreams, and it's not just the people who are faithful servants of God their whole life that God calls. It's not just in the great heroic things. Sometimes, sometimes God works through everyday faithful obedience And if you will offer yourself to God, if you will be faithfully obedient and available to God, not only will God's work continue, will God's people be strengthened, but you will be saved. We're going to close the service today. Um, We're not going to close the service with communion, but we're going to move into a time of communion. And and as the ushers come, the ushers are going to come down now. Um, And and as we pass out these elements, I want us to think about this hero series, and I want us to think about the heroes that we've talked about. We've seen heroes that have a lifelong calling. We've seen heroes with great moments of, of God's faithfulness and miraculous work. And then we see today somebody who is just faithful and did what they could. What's the common thread through all of this? The common thread is this, God's power at work. And so as the ushers are passing out the elements, today we prepare our hearts for communion. And so I want us to understand today as we take communion, as we take the bread and the cup in our hand, I want us to understand that we are invited into this story, into what God's doing, a story that started with creation, a story that that called great heroes, a story of God leading his people. Ultimately, we celebrate this morning the greatest hero of all, Jesus who gave everything on a cross so that we could have life to the fullest. Today we celebrate the sacrifice that Jesus made, but more than that, today we celebrate victory. We celebrate that this story that God, that we've been looking at, the story that continues today is a story of victory. And we celebrate that we get to be a part of it. So as you prepare your hearts today, I want you to think about this story. I want you to think about what God has done. I want you to think about what God is doing, and I want you to think about what part you will play in it. And I want you to come to a place as you take these elements that you offer yourself completely and wholly to be available for whatever God has for you. Father, as we get these elements, as we take these elements, Father, I pray I pray that you would work in our lives. I pray that you would help us to be a part of what you're doing. And I pray, Lord, that you would move among us and that we would be saved and that we would be faithful and obedient to you. We love you, Jesus. Amen. When you get the elements, hold on to them and we'll take them together in just a minute.